We all know people who are charitable towards others, and we all know people who are terribly judgmental of others. And I must say that I rather prefer those who are charitable towards others and that they are not the first person to point the finger and at, at somebody and blame them. Understanding and charity and forgiveness. Maramansuiz has got those, and, and those are qualities that I remember seeing those really quite often in, in Botswana. Warmly welcome, dear Maramotsa podcast listeners and fans of the number one ladies detective agency novel series. I'm Edna Rosen from Botswana. I'm a chef and cookbook writer, and my passion is to share my home country's culture with you and the world. I know I have something in common with all of you, the love for the Maramoche books. Isn't it amazing that the number one ladies detective agency novel series is celebrating 25 years anniversary this year? So the Maramoche podcast is a tribute to the number one ladies detective agency novel series that so many millions of readers around the world has taken to their hearts. In each episode, there is an interview with a person connected to a story in one of the books. But first of all, we want to know how it all started. Our guest of honor is no one less than Professor Alexander McCall Smith, the Scottish author behind the number one ladies detective agency series. Warmly welcome, Alexander, and thanks so much for joining us as our first guest. Good morning, Professor Alexander McCall-Smith, uh, and good morning, Mara Motswe. How are you this special morning on planet Earth? Well, good morning to you. Uh, I can answer for myself. I don't think I can really answer for Precious Ramatswe, except to say that uh, I think that if anybody asked her uh, how she was feeling, uh, she would always give the same answer, that she was feeling um, very well, and uh, she would never be one to complain about what was happening about her, about how she was feeling. So I think she would always give what we call the optimistic answer, the best answer, and she would say, I'm fine. Well, that's wonderful. I know her as a very optimistic, uh, warm-hearted, uh, lovely lady. Uh, we, who the readers and, and the fans that you, you actually find around the world, has got to know her quite well over the years because now it's uh, 25 years since you wrote uh, the first book in the series. I mean, in 1998, it's unbelievable. It's amazing. So I'm so happy to to speak to you, um, Sandy. I know you want to be called Sandy. Um, Isn't that uh, correct? That's right, uh, Matt. Uh, uh, Alexander is my official name. But there are a lot of syllables in that, and uh, Sandy is what I'm I'm always called. And I, I think that if Mara Matsui herself were addressing me, she'd use that name too. Yeah, I'm sure too. And um, yeah, but but her name, her first name is Precious, and and Ma. That that that's something that you could maybe tell us where Ma come from. Yes, it's it's uh, in in Botswana in the Setswana language. There are honorifics used when you are speaking to uh, a woman or to to a man uh, you say ma or ra and uh, that's the equivalent of madame monsieur etc in in french uh, and it's very it's very useful because uh, if you don't know somebody's name uh, if you've got a term of address like that you can address them politely without necessarily knowing what their their, their name is 
Um, and it's also, it's a very comfortable title. Uh, Ma is a very, is a very nice title in, indeed. Mm. Uh, and uh, it, it suits, it suits her. Uh, she's a very comfortable person. She's a very friendly person. And um, so I, I, I find it very easy to think of her in those terms. Yeah, well, that, that's that's very good to, to, to for us to know where Ma uh, come from because we know her as Mara Motswer. I know that also that you sometimes in the books uh, um, you use her first name, Precious. But um, it, it's good to know. Thank you. But uh, we know where Mara Motswer is. Uh, she is in Botswana. And um, maybe she is in her home village, Mochudi, not so far from the capital city, Kabarone. Or maybe she is at her office at uh, by the Kali Hill, Kali View. Uh, or she could be somewhere else. But where are you, um, Sandy, uh, in the world? I know you travel the world uh, a lot, but where are you right now? Right now, I'm speaking to you from Edinburgh in Scotland, uh, where I live. Uh, we live in uh, in in Scotland, um, and uh, although I do uh, travel uh, uh, quite a bit, um, often or almost always with the books for reasons of the books to go to literary festivals or uh, events of that sort, um, I uh, am uh, most at home here. In in Scotland, in in Edinburgh, Edinburgh is um, is a very attractive city, as you know. You've visited us here, and you you know it's a it's a it's a lovely a lovely place. Uh, it's quite a small city um, compared with the, the the very large cities that seem to to be um, pretty much the norm these days. Uh, Edinburgh is a city where you you feel that you can get out into the country, into the hinterland quite um, uh, easily. Uh, so uh, that's where I am. Uh, I spend um, most of my time when I'm in Scotland, I spend most of my time in, in, in Edinburgh, but we also have um, a retreat in the um, Highlands uh, in a very beautiful spot on the west coast of Scotland. And uh, we often go over there. Uh, so uh, um, uh, I, I, divide, I divide my time in, in, in that sense. I do like to get back to Botswana. I haven't been able to go to Botswana recently because of the, uh, the uh, COVID, COVID uh, um, shutdown. Um, but I'm hoping that I will be able to go back to Botswana uh, quite soon. And I like to go if at all possible every year and renew my acquaintance uh, with the country. Uh, because uh, it's uh, it's a country that uh, I think once you see, you uh, feel uh, very um, fond of it. Yeah, but but thank you, Sandy, it's, it's, and 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 for sharing a little bit of, of of your background. Well, thank you very much for your your kind words about it, Mats. Uh, yes, my uh, I, I'm very fond of Africa, as I know you are, and uh, as I know many people who have an association with that part of the world uh, are. I spent my childhood in, in Zimbabwe. Um, I didn't at that stage really know, know much about Botswana. Um, then uh, the rest of my life has been spent in, in Scotland. Uh, I did go to um, what was then Swaziland uh, in 1980, 
And uh, when I was in Swaziland, I was working at the university there. I uh, went across um, fairly often to visit friends in Botswana who lived in uh, in a place called Machudi, just north of the, the capital. And so uh, I paid a number of visits during 1980 when I was working in, in Swaziland to, to the country. And I realized what a, a very special country uh, it was. And then in 1981, the following year, I was asked by the University of Botswana to uh, help them establish um, a law school there, which I uh, was very happy to, to do. And so that's, I spent that year, or large part of that year, in uh, Khabarone and got to know the country better. I then returned to Scotland and I um, went back to Botswana just about every year. I had uh, various projects there. I was uh, continued to be involved with the University of Botswana. And um, so I, I did go back regularly. And, and the more I saw the country, uh, the more, uh, I suppose, uh, impressed I was uh, by it and the more taken yeah. I was extremely yeah. agreeable people, the charming people, and the beauty of the place. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to say that uh, the country Botswana seems to be almost a character itself in your novel, Syria. And, uh, I, yeah, so, so you are giving us the background now to why uh, your novel series takes place there and, and, and how much the the country itself actually mean for, for the novel series quite a lot I mean, because there are real places and, and references and characters in the novel series even if there is a lot of fiction of course but there are a lot of references you know to real places real persons so can you say that the the, the country itself is almost like a character in in the novel series also uh, I, I completely agree with you. I think that what you say is is, is absolutely true. Uh, the country is a character in the, the books. The country is there on every page. Uh, I think um, you, I, I, I feel the country when I'm thinking about what is happening in the story. Uh, I'm aware of where the um, narrative is taking place, of the background, uh, and I will stop describing the action in the in the narrative at times to describe what's happening in the sky mm. um, uh, which i think is very important because when you go to botswana you're conscious um, of this immense uh, great sky which is above you uh, it's a sky which is um, not very often um, filled with clouds and so there it is this great mm. blue empty expanse and uh, it gives a great sense of airiness to, uh, to, to, to the place. And so uh, the, the country's there, yes, and the, and the traditions of the country and the feel of the country, the mm. culture of the country is there. I, I think that uh, in, um, in a, any novel, uh, there should be a sense of place, if at all possible. Some novels can focus... Yeah. On but, Sandra, you, you, you were mentioning the, the blue sky. I know it's... it's it's a lot of blue sky and in Botswana, but you don't mind some pula uh, now and then, do you? No. Uh, I, maybe you should tell us what, what pula is, because pula is, is, is quite a thing in, in Botswana. Pula is, uh, mean, has various meanings, but one of its, uh, its most important meanings, of course, is, is rain. 
Um, it also means good fortune, and it's been used the currency and so on. But uh, Pula is is rain, and if you want to uh, um, get people to 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 cheer things on, they will they will readily exclaim Pula Pula Pula, which is uh, an invocation of of rain. It's a very good word to know, isn't it? It's a very good word to to know, and and rain um, rain is such an important thing. Uh, in in Botswana, um, those who live in wet countries, and I live in a country in Scotland where um, it rains an awful lot of the time. Uh, <laughs> there's rather too much rain, and so one takes rain for granted. Mm. And who uh, are in a place where rain is absolutely crucial to survival? Mm. Uh, my country, on the edge of land which is marginal in terms of cultivation or human survival, uh, rain is, is, is a blessing. Mm. Uh, rain is what people pray for. Rain is what people really yearn for before the rainy season comes. Yeah. And then when the rainy season comes, when the rains uh, eventually arrive, and one hopes that they, they do arrive, sometimes they fail, which is a mm. terrible tragedy. But um, when the rain comes, uh, that is, is such an important um, very physical moment when the sky turns purple with mm. clouds. Oh yeah. There's there's a you can the lightning, the thundering, the yeah, sky that opens. Exactly, and mm. there's a there's a smell that you that that, that one experiences just before the rain arrives. A, a curious, slightly dusty smell, and that's the smell of rain. And then the rain comes, and its effect on the land. Yeah, and I'm sure that Mara Mosve, even, you know, she loves, of course, to sit with her tea, uh, her Roy Boy's tea on the, on the veranda and enjoy the blue sky. But I'm also sure that she enjoys drinking her hot, warm tea uh, during those days, uh, watching the, the sky and the thundering and the lightning and the pula, and, and she thinks it's a blessing. She would certainly think that. And of course, uh, she would then go out after the rain, if the rain comes, this gorgeous rain which gives life to the land, she would go out and you can more or less see the green appearing from the earth. Mm, yeah. uh, it goes very quickly, very mm. quickly indeed, suddenly it's there, <laughs> yeah. everything is, is green and yes. life is renewed, so it's, it's a terribly important moment. Yeah. And we have many such moments in the books yeah. when they talk about rain and and the rain comes and uh, they're happy as a result. Mm, talking about weather, it's, it's never wrong. It's, it's, a, it's a good opener. But I wonder, Sandy, it's, it's such a long time now. Everything is relative, of course, but I mean, it's 25 years. It's, it's, it's just um, marvelous. I mean, this is an anniversary, 25 years anniversary. And in 1998, you sat and you wrote the first lines in the first book. Do you remember the feeling when you first wrote the first lines, uh, the first chapter? Just if you can take us back to, to, to that moment when you were sitting writing the first lines and the first chapter. And Yes, I do remember vaguely when I wrote the very first lines of this. Uh, it was, I think, um, uh, at a point when I thought it would just be a short story. So I sat down 
And I wrote about a woman who inherits cattle from her father, her beloved father. And uh, she starts a little detective agency with the proceeds uh, when she sells the cattle. I do remember writing that short story, and it was only really six or seven pages. It was very, very short. It was one of her cases, the case of Happy Papetsi. And uh, I thought it was just going to be a short story. But I then decided that I rather liked this character, um, uh, Precious Ramatsvi, and I wrote I wrote uh, a little bit more about her. So it started in that curious way. And um, then I uh, got together a number of these, these individual short stories and made them into a, uh, a full-length novel. I remember more clearly um, the moment when I finished them, uh, when I finished the book. Uh, I do remember that. Uh, I was staying in France, uh, in the south of France, and I was in a study in a house uh, on a rather warm day, and I remember the sun coming in the window, and I was sitting there um, writing the um, the end of the of the Maramatsvi book, and I went downstairs, and um, I said to my my, my wife, I've, I've I've finished that that book. I had no idea then uh, even whether it would be published. Uh, and I had certainly no idea that it would be the beginning of a very long conversation with uh, the same characters and indeed with the, with the country as a character in the books. Yeah. So uh, that was my... And then um, I do remember uh, when the book was... The very first edition was published in a very small edition. I think there were only 1,500 copies printed... Um, I do remember that, and I remember launching the book. I was uh, spending a, a short time as a visiting professor in Dallas, in Texas, and the book was coming out. So I, I got, um, I had a small um, launch for it. Um, I think I was sent forty copies, and uh, mm. thought this was going to be the mm. end of it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, simple moments. Wonderful. Uh, and and did you um, did you write the first uh, book at your home in Edinburgh or where where, where did you? I started. Where did you start writing? It. Yes, I started writing it in 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 Edinburgh, hmm. and then as I say, I finished it when I was visiting France. We uh, we were staying in the south of France near Montpellier, hmm. and I finished it there. And then I put in some additional material when I got back to um, got back to Edinburgh, mm -hmm. and um, yes, uh, and then I remember the subsequent milestones. I remember when I first went to meet my American publishers. I had then three or possibly even four books in the series at that point. And they they had been published in a small way hmm. in UK, and I went to New York to um, to meet the American publishers who were then going to start publication in in the United States. And I do remember um, the day when I realised that the books would reach a much wider uh, readership. Hmm. 
I distinctly remember going into their offices and uh, and discovering that they were very keen on these books and that mm. they were effort to to them. Mm. And I, I remember going out of their office at half past four in the afternoon um, after a series. This was in New York, or in New York. Mm. And I remember going out and, and remember thinking, well. This is the Maramatsui story really being launched. Mm -hmm. And this and was in 1988. That that was that would be no that would be uh, that particular visit to New York was probably um, uh, probably in 2000 and uh, 2003 I think something like oh. that. Yes, around so, about then. Yeah, and Sandy, do you remember the the opening lines in the first book? Yes, I do. I I remember thinking uh, that uh, I would pay tribute to those wonderful opening lines in in um, uh, the, the uh, memoir Out of Africa, the the uh, Isaac Dinson, the Karen um, Blixen novel, Karen Blixen, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Karen Blixen novel, um, where she writes in her in her well, it's a memoir, really, I suppose. Mm -hmm. In the novel, she she writes. Um, uh, I had a farm in 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 Africa at the at the foot of the Ngong Hills. Um, uh, she's writing about her house just outside Nairobi, a house which I've actually visited mm. subsequently. And uh, that is, in my view, is one of the great um, opening lines in literature. Uh, her line in in um, Out of Africa, and so I I wanted to nod in the direction, pay homage to that start. Mm -hmm. So I wrote, Mara Matsui had a detective agency in Africa at the foot of the Khali Hill. Yeah, and, that, that's wonderful. And also, <laughs> this, that's an example of a, uh, of a, a, a real reference, a place that really exists, um, a non-fictional place, the Khali Hill, that, that that's you see almost wherever you are. It's... Um, Land sign, I think, in Gabarona, the the hill where, yes, Ali Hill. So, um, yeah, that's that's a nice that that's a nice place also to actually to climb as an exercise in the early morning or or late afternoon. And I've and never been up to the top of it. Oh, you I, haven't, because it's it, it's really worth the effort. Because when you you have a great view over the Gabarona Dam. Where Mara Motswen, her best friend, Mapo Takwane, uh, sometimes goes for a picnic by the dam. You, you see the whole dam from that top of the hill and often uh, there are baboons sitting on the rocks. So it's it's quite a special place up there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I believe, yeah. Yeah. So I wonder, Sandy, um, it is said that love is one of the strongest force and healing power in the universe. And Mara Motswe seems to have a lot of love and compassion within her that also uh, she share, uh, not only with her family and friends, but also with her clients when they come to her with their problems. How to, uh, that, that's my feeling, and I think that's the feeling that many um, of your readers have that that this woman is is full of love and uh, that she is uh, sharing uh, um, not only with her family and friends but also with her clients uh, when they come to her with their problems 
Yes, I think that's right. I, I think that she she is a, a very compassionate a woman, and there's another another uh, value that she believes very strongly in, which is um, forgiveness, the value of forgiveness. Um, she she feels that forgiveness is is a very important way of, um, I suppose, getting over the 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 traumas and difficulties of the of the past and indeed the present. Um, that if you are prepared to forgive. Uh, your relationships with other people um, are going to be very much better. Uh, yeah. I think we we live in a time when uh, forgiveness isn't necessarily being stressed very much. We talk about retribution, we talk about accountability, we talk about punishment, um, and there are fewer and fewer people uh, who seem to stress. Um, certainly, in a in a in an age where the um, the religious message of forgiveness is not perhaps being put out quite as much as it used to be. Um, the, the relatively f uh, few um, exhortations to to forgive other people, and uh, so in an, at a number of points in the novels, Mara Matsui, um says, um, "Don't think uh, so much about punishing people for what they've done. Think about um, how you can." Uh, re-establish contact with them, how you can allow healing to take place. And a very important element of that is is forgiveness. Yes. And she, talks about, she talks about that in a number of the the um, um, uh, of the books. So when we look at the world today, we see that there are a lot of people finding reasons why they should be angry with other people. Mm. Mm. Uh, and there is a role for anger. There are circumstances where anger is righteous, uh, where it's necessary in order to defend values. Mm. It's got to be kept under control. Mm. And one mustn't allow oneself to be distorted or destroyed mm. by anger. Mm. Uh, I think that um, uh, we're we're going through the, we're at a curious stage now in in our human history at the moment a strange stage where we are we're looking at our individual pasts and um, finding fault which of course was there uh, mm. the world has never been a perfect place but we're putting a lot of moral energy into disliking people mm. <laughs> and mm. I think we should we should really try to find reasons to to like them yes no i feel that uh, uh, for me there are things you know that i feel that i i i, I get inspired by mara Mortu and her way of thinking and there are two things that occurs to me that you know her unwillingness to to prejudge people even if, if it seems like they've done bad things at the first place and um, so th th that's something that I noticed that she's very unwilling to prejudge but there are other characters in the book that are um, quite willing to 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 judge and but then they they rethink you know they they, they come to other conclusions but they're very quick in in judging but Mara Mosve, she's got this resistance, you know, she is um, 
really thinking over things that uh, there are different sides uh, on 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 um, and also trying to understand why people are acting like they do they they might you know they may have reasons for it that we don't know that that's really inspiring me that you should be careful before you you judge people and try to understand them so i think that that's right i i think you're absolutely right but i think that what she has is charity. Mm. Charity is a great virtue. Mm. And she's got it. Mm. She takes a charitable view of other people. Yeah. And we all know we all know people who are charitable towards others. Uh, and we all know people who are terribly judgmental of others. Mm. And I must say that I rather prefer those who are charitable towards others and that they are not the first person to point the finger and at, at somebody and blame them. Uh, yeah. So I think uh, understanding and charity and forgiveness all go yeah. together. Yeah. Mara Matsui's uh, has has got those, and and those are qualities that actually really uh, you will find uh, in people. Um, often, it, well, you find them in any country. But I remember seeing those really quite often in, in Botswana. Mm. I, I found that I met a number of people who took a very charitable, um, open-hearted view of other people. Mm. Um, and I think that there are certain values in African society traditionally which, which stress that. The communitarian values, the value of sharing, has been a very important feature of mm. those societies. If you look at African traditional or customary law, you'll see that the emphasis was on trying to find ways of of, of um, removing the cause of disagreement between people, as opposed mm. to assertion of mm. rights, mm. strong assertion of rights, mm. saying mm. you're right and you're wrong. Mm. Uh, trying to find that sort of middle ground of reconciliation. Mm. But it's interesting with uh, Mara Mosu and Mama Kutsi because they, they, they go such a different uh, um, approach to things and uh, they complement each other, I guess. Uh, but I mean, Mara Mosu, she doesn't seem like you have to be in one certain way to be right. People are different and um, she seems to respect that and, and, and like we were talking about she, she tries to understand who who you are and, and and why you are like you like you are but also she seems to have a natural talent and and curiosity in reading people's egos i, I find that very funny yeah. and interesting and 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 she seems quite aware of, of her own ego as well and um, i mean People are driven by their egos, and they got blind, and they got so emotional many times, and and and, uh, and so I guess that could be that's to be able to read people's egos, and and uh, could be an advantage for her when she is dealing with big, big egos and delicate cases for her clients. Yes, yes, it is a great advantage. All of these characteristics that we see in her. Uh, help her in her job mm. because she she understands human nature and she's also got a sense of humor yeah she that does yes really, really important um, mm. because 
a person who's got a sense of humor is much better equipped to deal with the world. It is, yes. And and egos, it can be quite funny to, to just study people and how they behave and, and, and why do they... I mean, they behave very strangely when the ego takes over and it can be quite funny, actually. Yes, I, th I think that that's right. And uh, I think that I, I, a sense of humor and the ability to laugh at things is is a tremendous the important quality in this in this yeah family. you can feel that she loves inside her also and you know you you you, you get yeah that when she when she study us when she study the human nature and uh, look at the difference between um uh, a stalinist and a buddhist mm -hmm. uh, buddhist monks like to laugh you oh, see yeah. them laughing <laughs> yeah, um, lots. As Stalinists, you don't see laughing. No, it's sealed. <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah, it's 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 the dark and the light. And um, I wonder where Maramoto gets her positive uh, life force from, because on the surface, uh, Maramoto's life uh, at the start seems quite harsh and and challenging. Her mom passed away when she's a child and her lo and she loses her father as a young adult mm. and she loves her father so much mm. and uh, she's he's really the, the the role model for her and mm. it, it's it's a big loss and um, i mean for anyone of course but especially for her growing up with only him and and of course also her aunt plays yeah. an important role but uh, anyhow, um, and also her first husband abused her and, and she miscarries. So there is a lot of things happening there in her early life in your in your first books. And then I wonder, you know, where does she get uh, her positive life's, uh, life force from? Well, I think that what you say about her background is quite correct, that she has had difficulties in this life. It hasn't all been easy. And uh, she's had these tragedies in her uh, in her life, but I th I think it's just the way she is. Um, where does optimism, where does positivity come from? I suppose that's a very interesting question. It's a complex question, and I think there are some people who are just um, by their very disposition inclined to be positive about the the world. Now they may not have worked out a philosophy which justifies that. It might just be the way they feel, their personality. So we're really probably going back to fundamental pers personality, that there's some people who can put up with tremendous adversity and not be badly affected by it, who can then be can be very positive. In her case, I think she's, she's just got a, a nature which is benign. Uh, she's, a, she's a good person. And ultimately, there are some good people um, in whom you can't really work out uh, where their goodness comes from, but it's there like a, 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 a light in their, in their lives. Uh, it's uh, it's a sun which is which is burning away there and shedding shedding warmth and, and light. And I think she's in in that particular um, uh, category. Of, of persons. Now, does she have a philosophy of life which inclines her to that? The answer to that is she probably does. 
uh, I think that she talks from time to time about the old Botswana values. And we know what she's talking about because those values are, are sometimes discussed in, in Botswana. Yeah. Respect yeah. for others, sharing with others, taking into account the views of others. Those are considered to be core yeah. values yeah. in Botswana society. In the same way, we look, if we look at our own societies, uh, we will see that there are certain values of human rights, for example, which which are certain human values which are at the core of our view of the world. She's got, uh, she's got, um, uh, she's got this, and she she often says uh, in the books, um, you don't really need to work out why something is right. If it's there, supported in the old Botswana values, that's a good enough guide. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong if you support the old Botswana. Yeah. Uh, old, old Botswana. Yeah. You were saying, Sandy, that um, sometimes you don't know where, you know, where the character and the nature comes from. And you were also talking about Buddhism uh, before, before here. So I was just associating and and I was thinking about reincarnation and um, maybe you were Mara Motswe in your former life. I would have loved to be Mara Motswe in my former life or in my next life. <laughs> uh, I was, you know, I know some because I wanted to talk to you about her passions and what brings joy and pleasure into Mara Motswe's life because we all need to have passions and yeah. and joy and pleasure in our life if it's hobbies or um interest and uh, and, and whatever so i would like to talk about uh, her passions uh, well yeah. from what i know myself it's tea and fruit cake traditional <laughs> cooking family and friends and cattle but maybe you could uh, tell me a little bit about the importance of passions and joy and 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 maybe also tell me a little bit about Mara Motswe and, and and what inspires her yes well uh that's very interesting i i think uh, you've you've identified some of the things that are very important for her uh she's passionate about her country uh she uh loves her country and i think that's possibly the most important thing in her life is her is her love of her land uh, you could make it a bit more general and say love of love of land now that's something which you find very strongly in Botswana mm. uh, people's connection with the land is is absolutely at the heart of their existence mm. it's how how they define themselves um, where they're from their village their lands their cattle post all of these are very, very important. And that's a very precious connection. And it's a pity uh, that in many societies, uh, that connection has been lost, has been cut. And people don't have that identification with, uh, with, with, with land. Mm. Um, I think they are the poorer for it, uh, without that, that feeling for, for a land. You don't need necessarily to to live in the country, but you 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 need to feel something for it. Mm. Uh, so she's got her, her love of the land is is probably the most important mm. thing. She's then got the family things that you um, referred to, and yes, her, her her love of her late father, her late daddy, as she mm. calls, 
he was a beacon in her life, mm. a great man, mm. and that that sustains. Uh, mm. She says <clears throat> at various points in the books, she says not a day goes past but that she thinks of mm. her late father. Yeah, by attaching. Yes, mm. and of course, what was his passion? His passion was cattle. He loved cattle. He knew cattle. He knew uh, he knew their their needs. He knew. Uh, which cattle, the, he knew the ancestors of all his cattle. Mm. And that's another thing which is very strong in Botswana. It's, mm. a, it's a lovely thing, people's relationship with cattle. Is yeah, I remember, Sandy, when we were up on, on the, the Muchudi, where her, her um, birthplace and her home village in Muchudi, we were up on a hill and uh, you were listening uh, for for the cattle bell sound and and then you heard it and 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 it made you very happy to hear on distance the cattle bell sound absolutely and that's something which i've i've referred to from time to time in the books and indeed in the in the book which i've just finished writing which is volume 24 of the series which will appear later this year um it's called uh, from a far and lovely country Uh, I have a scene where Maramotswe goes with a friend up to the top of that hill in Machudi, and indeed they hear the cattle bells. Mm. And, um, that always uh, that brings uh, a tear to my eye uh, mm. because it's such a lovely sound. It's it's the rather quiet, suggestive sound. The occasional tinkling of the cattle bells as the cattle make their slow way through the trees and the scrub bush. It's just really, really, really beautiful. And I remember when I lived in Botswana in 1981, when I turned on the radio in the morning to listen to Radio Botswana, that's how they started their broadcast. I don't know whether they still mm. yeah. used yeah. to do it. At six in the morning or just before six, mm. there would be a recording of mm. cattle in the Oh my goodness, what a wonderful <laughs> very good start actually. So she's got all those she's got, as you mentioned, tea. And she likes her garden, which of course is a is an aspect of her space relationship with life. She yeah. grows beans every so often she goes out and sees how her beans are doing. That's all. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I spoke to a gentleman in Botswana this year and we were talking about cattle and I asked him because he's, he was talking so passionately about his Uh, cattle post and I asked him is it so that the men in Botswana actually loves their cattle more than their wives and you know uh, he couldn't really say you know because uh, I know her, his wife quite well but I think <laughs> he, he loves them equally or equally, yes. yeah, I don't know but it seems to be a, a very strong thing and and uh, rooted in them in the, in the culture So, yeah, I think it's amazing really that this year it's the 25, uh, 25th years since the first book in the number one ladies detective agency came out. Can you please tell us how that feel and, and how it's celebrated this year? Well, I, I find it very hard to, um, to, to um, imagine that it's been 25 years since um, I started writing these books. And um, it, it, I suppose I, I feel um, most of all gratitude. Uh, I feel um, grateful that I've had the opportunity to write these books. 
um, I think uh, it's for me um, it's been uh, the greatest possible privilege to be able to act as the chronicler of a life of a, a fictional character um, who seems to have spoken to rather a lot of people uh, and I find that for me is is such an, a, a, a wonderful um, wonderful reward really I don't uh, I don't I'm not saying I deserve it but I do feel very very pleased that that this is uh, has spoken to all these people Hardly yeah. goes past, but uh, we receive letters from people all over the world who who feel that they've got a close relationship with with Mara Matsui. And sometimes these letters are very moving, and they describe how their lives might have been very difficult. They may have had some um, tragedy in their life. Uh, they may have been very ill, or whatever. And they say Mara Matsui was there with them in this experience and she she helped them yeah. and my goodness that's uh, uh that's that's a wonderful a wonderful thing i feel most honored to have been able to um participate in 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 that yeah no it's 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 it's, it's wonderful sandy thank you so much i i say for myself and 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 um, on behalf of of uh, your Swedish um, readers, I know that you are very loved and appreciated here. And, um, and uh, I know one woman um, at uh, the, the TV station that I used to work at. Uh, she works so much; she she doesn't have time to read uh, that uh, much. But she's always looking forward to your next. Uh, coming book in the novel series and for her long summer vacation then when uh, she picks up your book the new book that comes almost every year and and uh, starts to read it and and that's something that she so much looking forward to do well thank you for telling me that Matt. <laughs> yeah so this might be a secret but i heard someone whispering something about an upcoming musical in the name of the number one ladies detective agency. I don't know if this is just a, a loose rumor or if there's any truth in this, but uh, let's hope that maybe it will be manifested. Well, I, I hope so. I, it's not a, a, found, a foundationless rumor. Uh, there is some truth in it. Um, we uh, are developing um, a musical based uh, on the number one ladies detective agency. Uh, I was approached by um, a very uh, remarkable composer, uh, Graham Ware, who uh, was keen to uh, to write the, the music and the songs associated with that. And um, he's now collaborating with um, a South African musician um, uh, on, on that and they're working together. Uh, they've already written um, six or seven um, marvelous pieces of music. Uh, the um, whole idea is being developed by uh, a London theater. And um, so they're starting to work on it. Uh, I very much hope that it, that it all works out. Of course, these things are uncertain. Uh, they're very it's very difficult to get a a stage musical uh, to the start line, so to speak, 
but they are they are working on it and i would <clears throat> i would love to see it uh, because uh, i think it will be a celebration of the positive side of maramatsu's life it will be a celebration of of um, all the joy and 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 uh, um, uh, love that she brings and that um, all the, the 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 wonderful musicality of um, of african culture um, it'll be it'll be marvelous it um, would be marvelous let's uh, hope it works yeah let's hope it works uh, i will pray for that uh, and 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 i would think it would be so exciting and um, also i know that you 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 love music you love art and you love literature of course you're an author and you play music and that's what triggers you what in, inspire you and and um, it's it's um, that's your passion and it's it's like we're, we're talking about it's important to have passions in life and enjoy when there is so much darkness around us and um, i think that will just generate like a musical will just generate more good things it will be those rings underwater that i find so so lovely with your with your uh, writing and, and novels so i would like to finally uh, ask you sandy this is my last question thank you so much for for your time here but you've been to Maramotswe's home country so many times for inspiration and also your new life for work. But now it's it's been some years ago since you were there. So do you have any plans to visit uh, Maramotswe's home country again? And I think Maramotswe and her family and her friends miss you a lot. So are you planning to, to come back anytime? I very much hope. Uh, that I'll be able to uh, do that um, and uh, at the moment uh, we're discussing um, that and I, I hope that uh, that when I make that trip uh, that um, uh, you will be able to be there too because we we have uh, I know that we have plans that we would of things we would like to do in Botswana um, which uh, I know that you've done um, a lot uh, to encourage the arts in, in Botswana and I hope that I'll be able to help you in in your work there. Um, so yes, the answer is yes, definitely uh, in the, in, it, it will probably be an earlier part of next year. Um, I hope that I'll be there in Botswana and that I'll be able to um, stand once again under that wonderful sky. That <laughs> yeah, and uh, and draw a deep breath and uh, I suppose give thanks for um, Mara Matsby and all that she's 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 brought to to my life and um, yes and please uh, Sandy promise me if that happens uh, that we meet under the blue sky in Botswana that we also have uh, a cup of tea a Roy Boy's tea and and a piece of, of fruit cake together and uh, and I think Mara Matsby will feel very present at that moment. I think so. Yes. And if we hear the cattle bell sound, it would be even uh, even better. Absolutely, cattle bells would be the icing on the cake. And for those who are listening, uh, they could also come and and join us, of course, and 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 to to, to meet the, the the people and to see the wonderful nature 
the wild, uh, one of the last wild, uh, untouched uh, nature, and and uh, much more. That's right. Thank you, Max. But, but thank you so much, and, um, and 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 I say, lastly, then I say, Pula. And Pula, Pula, Pula. <laughs> <laughs>